there are some extremely smart, intelligent individuals that you come across. And the same thing with being employed and working um, for a large company. There are so many smart people. And with all of us coming together as a team for the same common cause, it really it really just, just takes it above and beyond what you can do as individuals. You're listening to Business Edge, the podcast for professionals looking to excel in the workforce. You'll hear from new guests each week as they dive into their personal and professional experiences to give you an edge in the marketplace. This podcast is recorded by Desiree White and Chrissy Vasquez at the Alpha Kappa Psi Professional Business Fraternity Office in Indiana. Hey guys, welcome back to the Business Edge podcast. Today we're joined by Cynthia Todd, a graduate from the University of Montevallo and Birmingham Southern College, and a leader with more than 30 years of managerial experience. Currently, Cynthia works as the operations manager for Blue Cross and Blue Shield Alabama. So thanks for giving us some of your time today, Cynthia. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you. So tell us a little bit more about your background kind of through your career, and then how you got to Blue Cross Blue Shield. Okay, this could go back quite far. (laughs) That shows my age a little (laughs) bit. But um, I um, am a graduate of the University of Montevallo. Um, From there, my first job was at Protective Life. It's an insurance company in Birmingham, Alabama. I worked there basically 20 years, so I had one career had a tragic situation happen in my life personally um, with um, being widowed at a young age. And I decided mm-hmm. I wanted to change. So um, at the time, uh, a friend of mine told me about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Alabama and that they were hiring and um, I've changed jobs, um, kind of middle of the career. So joining that wonderful organization that I'm still a part of, excited to be at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Alabama, especially um, at this time in our in our world. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. You know, you talked about how it was exciting to start something new. I recently just left nonprofit and now in healthcare marketing. So that you, when you said you were excited about the big change, that's how I feel. It's like a complete 180 in my career, but it's an exciting, fresh start halfway through my career or maybe a little bit less. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on how long I work, but so I can definitely relate to that. Yes. Yeah. And, and people don't realize that they think just because I was on life insurance and securities, annuity products, it's health insurance. It's totally different worlds. So even as, mm-hmm. as both in corporate America, it really is a different um, beast, if you will, <laughs> to learn. Absolutely. What was it like making that transition after 20 years at one company? Um, I think being open to change. I'm one of those that like challenges. Uh, I get kind of bored if I'm doing the same thing over and over, and I've always been like that. So um, I like to change um, things up every two or three years. And so even within um, a previous employer, I would move around within the company and had those opportunities. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have those opportunities. So when I moved to Blue Cross Blue Shield of Alabama, it was just like, wow, just another opportunity to learn. I'm a learner at heart. So I love to mm-hmm. continuously learn new things and, and be challenged. So um, it could be a little scary, but at the same time, I knew mm-hmm. I needed a change. So it was, it was good. It was good for me. Oh, thanks for sharing. So you joined AKSI in 1986 at Montevallo, correct? Because you mentioned in your university bio that they wrote up about you that you were the first female black president of your chapter. That is an amazing milestone. And what was that like? 
um, as the chapter president, as a female, as the first black female, what was your experiences like and what do you think you learned from that? Um, my experiences were very positive. Um, I was treated just like anybody else. Um, the University of Montevallo, I can honestly say, has always been accepting of everyone. It doesn't matter what, where you are, where you're from, where you've been. Um, just very accepting environment. And um, being in that role just gave me an opportunity to work with even more students as well as the faculty, um, just to kind of push the organization forward. So um, I really wasn't treated any differently. People respected me. And that's the way it is in the business world. You know, I was in in the business college. Um, Everyone is basically, you're you're all working for the same goal to get that degree and to um, do so with excellence. So um, I believe everyone in AKSI was that way. Just very supportive, um, really a kind of family type of environment. Uh, it's what I experienced at the University of Montevallo for AKSI. Oh, that's awesome. I would say that was my experience as a student member, too, is it was just full of acceptance. And it wasn't about our similarities or differences. It was that we were all brothers working towards a common goal of improving ourselves and improving business. And I know you've continued working with your alma mater, and now you're the president of the Alumni Association. So what are you hoping to achieve um, in that role? Well, I can tell you what I wanted to achieve has not come to fruition because of the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though my goals are still there and I've shared my vision with the board of directors as well as um, the um, general alumni, um, our goal really is to provide scholarships to incoming freshmen. Um, So we were trying to really trying to increase those scholarships, the number of scholarships. We also award book scholarships to students already on campus to help them with those costs. Um, So my goal, one of my goals was to really increase um, the the number of scholarships and the amount, but because of the pandemic, it just really kind of hits, you know, fundraising efforts. Uh, And there's so many other needs of the university to get um, PPE and to, to get the technology in the classroom so they can do everything virtual so we really had to shift our financial focus this year, um, last year, really, to help the college and help the students that are there that are struggling. Um, so that's really where my, we had to kind of refocus our efforts. And mm-hmm. But um, really, it's really to bring alumni together. And since we haven't had much opportunity to do so in person, we have been doing our best to engage alumni virtually. So we've been having virtual coffee talks and virtual book clubs and <laughs> Anything we can think of to engage our alumni virtually. And so that's really has been the focus during the pandemic um, because we want them to know that we still care about them and we want them to come back to the campus, but it's just when it's safe to do so. So you've had experience managing others in the corporate world, but managing other volunteers, such as your job as the board president, is a little bit different because everybody has varying schedules and different priorities. So what are some strategies you use to engage your board as the president? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I can tell you right now, the alumni office at the University of Montevallo is top notch, A plus. Um, They really help us with a lot of the scheduling, a lot of the behind the scenes work that needs to get done. And so they they use a lot of different apps (laughs) to make sure that they're checking with everybody's schedule and make sure the most number of um, board members and officers can be present. Um, So a lot of the logistics is handled um, through our alumni office liaisons and 
they are, like I said, they're awesome. So love to give a shout out to them. Um, but to keep the, the board engaged and to keep them moving is really has become just a method of communication. So you just want to be transparent and that's what I try to do. So if there is a matter or something that comes up, just being transparent to the board and say, this is what we're up against or this is um, something we need to work through. But sharing your vision, sharing your strategy is what I've done and presidents before me. So I'm not doing anything any different, any, I'm not doing anything any differently, um, just really trying to keep the board engaged. And there are some, some very um, heavyweights on the board people that are presidents of organizations, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. um, corporate executives, uh, lawyers, attorneys, doctors. Um, so it is a wide range of um, volunteers, but they all are volunteering because they love our alma mater. So it, it's not really nothing I have to do because they already have that zeal and that zest to serve and to really bring alumni together wherever we are. Yeah, speaking of that, um, a lot of your experience and now in your volunteer roles, you're serving others. That seems to be something of a focus for you. And I know in that profile, uh, you mentioned that servant leadership was really important to you. So what does that mean to you? I truly feel that we are all called to do something and to be of service to someone else, um, to be selfish. That is not how I grew up. My parents taught us that you always share, you always help others. And that has really been constant in my life. Um, and so it was easy to carry that through to um, college, to my employers and to um, serving in various organizations. So that's one of the things I just really find a joy. And sometimes I, I overextend myself because I really uh, enjoy <laughs> helping others and doing things for the community. And when you realize how blessed you are, you, you are willing to bless others. And when you realize that you can be of assistance to somebody else and mentor someone else, help them to achieve their goals goals, then why not help those individuals to be the best they can, just like you want to be your best. I love that outlook. I think it's something that we all need a little bit more of. You know, if you're helping someone else get to their best, then they can do the same to the next person that follows them. And it's just kind of a ripple effect after that. There's a quote that I, um, I say often. It says, uh, none of us are as smart as all of us. And I really mm -hmm. try to live by that because it, it's not just me. When I went to college for the first time from undergrad, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many smart people <laughs> that are so much smarter <laughs> than me. And then you get to your, and you think you're smart, you know, when you, when you get the valedictorian scholarship and you leave your little small mm -hmm. high school, you think you're smart. And then you get to college yeah. and it's like, oh my God, there are some extremely smart, intelligent individuals that you come across. And the same thing with being employed and working um, for a large company, there are so many smart people. And with all of us coming together as a team for the same common cause, it really, it really just, just takes it above and beyond what you can do as an individual. So I like that quote. And I try to say that a lot of times to stir up teamwork or to um, get that everyone to work together because we can come up with a better solution together as a team. 
That's an awesome quote. Thank you for sharing that. That's something that will definitely stick with us. So you seem like a very joyful person to me. You exude, I wish the listeners could see your face because you just exude this joy and brightness. And I know you've got a light on, but it's beyond the light that's on your face, right? Yes. So you had mentioned that you, you know, lost your husband at an early age. I believe that you lost both your parents. How have you been able to keep that joy and that positive outlook after going through some loss at quite a young age? Oh, um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And I think those things strengthen me, um, to move forward. Yes. I kind of wallowed a little bit. Um, everybody had to take time to grieve and to get over those type things, but you realize life goes on and you have to continue to, to, to press forward and, um, I think that's kind of innate, again, having a strong uh, family background with my parents. Um, they really did raise us lots of siblings. So um, you learn a lot of life lessons. My father was a preacher, so I have to say that. So um, <laughs> growing up in the South, growing up in church, you realize there's a higher calling on your life. And so that is mm -hmm. really what kind of presses me forward. Um, so yes, I, I, it can get you down to experience a lot of things in your life that's that's tragic, but you have to keep moving forward. And um, I encourage everybody that might be experiencing, you know, different things in their lives, you know, you, this too will pass, you will get past it and you got to move forward um, with your life because you have something to offer. Oh, thank you for sharing your wisdom, because I think even right now with COVID and everything going on, just people feeling disconnected, and there's a lot of loss in different ways. So thank you for sharing that insight. We really appreciate it. And you mentioned that you were you grew up in a big family. How do you think that impacted your, you know, career path? It seems that you like to work well, or you like to work in team atmospheres. So did that kind of influence what you wanted to do? I knew at a very young age what I wanted to do. Um, I'm the youngest out of, of all the girls and the youngest that was alive for the majority of my life. My youngest brother passed away at a very early age as well, age two. So I've been the youngest mm -hmm. for a long, long time. And I was bossing my sisters around um, that were older. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> so they already knew <laughs> that mm, I think she might be a leader because she's showing those leadership skills. Uh, <laughs> but I, I knew from like 12 years old, I wanted to be a manager at a company. I wanted to manage other people. I wanted to, to do something of value in an organization um, and, and help bring excellence and help to meet um, goals and outcomes um, of, the, of an organization. So I already knew kind of what I wanted to do, but I do think that my upbringing um, really impacted that because at an early age, you learn how to share. You learn that you have to have be a person of integrity that, you know, you can't lie about it. And I couldn't lie anyway, because my parents could easily tell when I was trying to tell a lie. So <laughs> I'm not good at it. So it's just best to be truthful, be transparent, uh -huh. truthful. Uh, but also just watching my parents, you know, that spirit of humility, you know, I'm not no better than anyone else. You know, maybe in this mm -hmm. position, but I'm no better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. We are all of value. And I think when you bring that to an organization, when you bring that to your job, when you bring that to a board, then others realize, okay, I'm just as valuable as you are and let me contribute. So I do think it's my upbringing that helped shape my, my, my viewpoint on life. Funny you mentioned about your parents saying you were a terrible liar because I didn't find out until much later in life that my parents said that I was a terrible liar. So they always knew when I was lying growing up and I thought I had them fooled and they waited till later to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can definitely tell from your personality and just how how you present yourself that it would be easy to follow you as a leader. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just provide so much positivity and encouragement just even through zoom. I mean, I could, I could see why people would follow you in a managerial aspect. Thank you. I I can see you as being one of those people that comes alongside, you know, you've got a problem. How can we figure this out together? And so that leads me to my next question. It's a two part question as a manager for so many years, what do you think has been your most rewarding experience working with somebody as a manager? And what do you think has been your most challenging experience working with someone as a manager? Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that is a tough question because there's so many good experiences and so many things that come to mind when you ask the question. Um, I would say management development I really do take an mm-hmm. interest in those that are, are in my organizational structure. And sometimes people may not see the worth in others or say, you know, well, they're not going to be a great manager. I'm like, yeah, they can be. But we have to take the time to develop them and help show them um, and lead by the example. And I, I think if we just all took that time to, to really help the ones that are reporting to us to get better, to help them to learn the ropes and show them. And yes, they may make some mistakes, but it's okay. That's how you learn, you know? So um, I, I think with being a manager over individuals, you have really got to invest in your your associates. And that's what we, call, what we call them in your management team, your leadership team, but you have to be willing to invest in them and you can help grow them to where they need to be. And if somebody's not growing, then you need to look at yourself sometimes, you know, are you doing mm. what you need to do to help that individual and not talk about them, but help them and give them good solid advice and help them, you know, with, with information, um, with what you know. And that's what I freely do is I freely share what I know. Uh, somebody asked me for a PowerPoint. I, I here, here it is. You know, I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to share it. So I think that is what makes the team stronger and your manager stronger is when you're sharing and you're developing them and really invest in them. And what do you think has been your most challenging experience as a manager or the most challenging thing about being a manager? Um, I think sometimes it's when I call it kind of politics happens. Um, Sometimes things, you know, you're kind of told, well, this is the way it's going to be, or this is what we've got to do. And sometimes you may not be in agreement with it, but you have to get on board anyway, because you are the change agent. You are the one that have to champion the change in your organization. And sometimes you may not be in agreement with it or with their approach. Um, I remember um, years ago, (laughs) it's probably 20 years ago, a policy at change. I I didn't agree with the policy, Uh, but I had to champion that policy and I had to convince my other, uh, my team that this is what's best, you know, and this is what we're going to do. And and that's, that can be tough at times. Um, So as long as it's nothing that is going to, that's unethical, then I'm good. But, Mm -hmm. you know, our senior leadership teams, no matter where, you know, they have a vision and it's our job to help, you know, bring that vision to fruition. And I can speak up and we all can speak up and and voice our opinions. And I did, (laughs) but it didn't change it. So it's okay. So my, (laughs) my, my point is to get on board figure it out and, and then, uh, you know, really communicate that to my team that this is the direction we're going in. So that can be tough sometimes. Yeah. Gathering buy-in for any changes, especially with a larger company like that, that could be difficult for sure. Yes. 
I know on this podcast, we've talked to people with in corporate America, nonprofits, entrepreneurship. What do you think are some of the like pros and cons of working in a large company like this? I think some of the pros and cons is uh, really just opportunities. You have an opportunity to learn um, from the best and move around. We have internal job postings where, you know, you might be working in one department and then you might see a job posted on the board and you can, you can bid um, on another job. So that way you can gain some other experience and see another side of the company. So I think that's definitely uh, one of the pros of working for a large corporation is that you have an opportunity to kind of test drive different uh, mm-hmm. positions if you wanted to, you know, or you can stay in your same position and just become a subject matter expert. Um, so it really kind of depends upon you, but that's one of the things I love about the organization I'm in now is that there are opportunities you, um, it's competitive, but, um, you have those opportunities, um, to serve in different capacities, to work on projects. And, and I love those type of things when there's new initiatives and there's projects and work groups, because it gives you a, a, a different, um, viewpoint on somebody else's area or that you all have to kind of work together to come to a common ground, um, of what's the best direction to go in. But I do like that part of the, of the corporate environment. So this past year has probably been a challenge to say the least working in healthcare insurance with the pandemic. What do you see? Um, what did you see this past year and what do you think is going to be the future? How do you think this will affect healthcare and insurance going forward? Um, it, it is very challenging time uh, for, for healthcare. Um, I'm just like, I'm very glad that there are some vaccines out there and I'm excited that I'm actually going to get my first shot in a, in a couple of days. So, um, (laughs) super excited about that. Um, but it's going to continue to be challenging because you've got to think of the cost, um, of of Mm -hmm. everything that's, that's centered around this pandemic and to actually be living through a pandemic. I mean, who, who would have thought that? I mean, if you would have asked me this a year ago, I'm like, "Ah." A pandemic, not with our smart scientists and our smart. I mean, yeah. when you think about all of the people in the world, you might, oh no, there's there shouldn't be a pandemic, mm-hmm. not here and all over the world, and and it is. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of mind-boggling to wrap your hands around that. But I, I think we're going to continue to be challenged in in the healthcare field just because of what's going on right now with this pandemic, um, with people losing their jobs, people not affording. Um, their health care insurance. Um, so it's just so much around COVID that um, is unknown. So I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of challenges for the healthcare industry, but I can tell you one thing, we're definitely working hard, working around the clock 24-7 to continue to serve our customers, our providers, um, and to make sure we're there for everyone to, to answer their questions. We may not have, have all the answers because we don't know everything about COVID, but we're certainly mm-hmm. there to take care of our members and to hold their hand all the way through this process as we're learning. Yeah, it's constantly changing. We're always learning something new. It's like tomorrow there might be new news. Um, so yeah, I can I can imagine that you guys are going through so much change and turmoil, um, trying to answer everyone else's questions that if you, you we don't know, there's just that's the answer. <laughs> right. It's it's just unknown, but but as we learn things or as things change, we're continuing to change policies and to to mm. make sure we shift um, as we learn additional information. So I think it's going to continue to be like this for a while. Um, and we just ask everybody, hold on tight and let's ride this out together. Yeah. I think that's, you know, 
living in this time, we're so used to being able to get answers and information so quickly. I think that's what's made it hard for people in all kinds of situations of not being able to obviously predict what's going to happen, but not have the answers because this is things we've never been through before. And so I think people have just been a little impatient (laughs) with, what do you mean we don't have the answers? To your point, we have so much technology and so many advances and things like that. So how can we not have answers? But I think it just, for me, it's been a humbling experience remembering that, uh, you know. We don't know everything. (laughs) Exactly. There is a bigger force out there um, and a bigger power out there. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Cynthia, I'm excited to hear your answer to our signature question here. Um, Can you tell us about a time when your personal values were challenged and how you were able to handle that? um, It's interesting. Uh, I was told um, very early in my career um, by my boss that I was too customer service oriented. And Mm -hmm. I was, uh, that really kind of floored me. Um, So Mm -hmm. my way of serving others and being of service um, was basically questioned and that she wanted me to really become this very direct, you know, person that's not outside of who I am at my core. So innate to me is this, what you're seeing is um, this friendly person um, who loves to inspire, motivate, and to do what's right. Um, and to always give my best. Um, and I felt like she was trying to make me someone else. Um, so mm-hmm. um, that was a very difficult time early in my career. And what I did, <laughs> I changed jobs. <laughs> I just went to another <laughs> department. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have to pick your b- battles. And that mm-hmm. was one of the ones I'm like, okay, um, she she's she's a VP. I'm, I'm probably not going to win this battle, uh, but it's okay because there are so many other opportunities. So I decided not to fight that battle. Um, And one thing I can say is that, you know, you can treat people a certain way sooner or later, that's going to come up, come back um, to bite Mm -hmm. you sometimes. And um, yeah, that situation didn't turn out so well for her uh, another year later. Um, But I, I would just say, be true to who you are. And I will always be that. Um, I'm not going to change who I am to be who you think I should be. We're all valuable how we are. You know, we're all there Mm -hmm. for a certain reason. So we all bring value based on the different traits and the core values that we bring to the table. So um, that was a very tough situation early in life. Um, Sometimes I wish I would have stayed and fight. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I may have had to change companies, but I just changed jobs within the company. (laughs) But, you know, you have to choose your battles. And I just at that point, I don't want to work for somebody that wants me to be somebody different. I want them to appreciate who I am and what I do bring to the table. I think that's a great point. And, you know, sometimes I find in those situations, the person's threatened by you. Do you feel like that maybe there was some feeling threatened by your shining star. Yeah. Yes. I, I, that could have been possibly part of it. Yeah. I've seen that several times, not only to myself in my career, but also witnessed it with other people that there's just that threat. And, and I'm a big subscriber to the quote, and I'll probably mess this up. Um, rising waters lifts all boats, maybe, I think is what it is. Or a rising tide lifts all boats. But the same thing. Like if you let people shine, everybody wins together with that water rising. Absolutely. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. 
everyone gets the credit if we meet the goal, you know, and, th- and that's what's important. And, and I think when you're not, when you're, when you're not selfish and you're, you're okay with the whole team getting the credit or everyone getting the credit and not just about you, then you can move mountains that way. You really can. Well, and then people start to anticipate needs and you're just able to achieve a lot more together when everybody can build that trust and that rapport and really let people's skills shine through. Well, you've shared a lot of advice with us already, but do you have any other pieces of advice for those maybe just graduating and entering the workforce or even someone considering an industry change like you did? Yeah, so um, I can share just a couple of things. Um, I would say to choose something that you enjoy. Um, I know when I was in college and taking uh, management classes, oh my God, I was just overjoyed. And you would think that's crazy. I was a nerd, um, but it's okay. But I really enjoyed my classes. And if you're taking classes in your major and you're not enjoying it or you're not finding it interesting, you might need to rethink your major perhaps, you know, or if you're in a job right now and it's not fulfilling and you're stressed out all the time, that really should not be the way it is, you know, so you might want to consider, you know, doing something different or testing the waters. Um, It's never too late to make a change. So after 20 years in one job, I made a change to another company. Um, So it's never too late because that could just be where where you're going to be more successful, where you're going to be satisfied or fulfilled um, in your job. Um, I would suggest um, sometimes don't make your move too soon. Again, um, thinking back to that same example I gave a little earlier and a couple of other examples, and I know of people there say, oh, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm leaving this company. Mm -hmm. And you think sometimes the grass is greener on the other side, Mm -hmm. and it may not be, you know. Um, So sometimes you have to just exercise patience and um, just know that something will change. You might say right now, okay, I'm, my boss is young, I'm young, everybody's young, and this person's gonna be in this position forever. Um, and you just can't see beyond that, but you never know six months from now, that person could get promoted. They could be moved to another area of the company to do something else, and then that could be your opportunity to you know, move your career forward. Um, just always be your very best, and whatever you do, be your individual best. Um, not somebody else, but be your individual best. And that's going to pay off in your career. Um, And just be willing to learn. I feel like um, I said, I think at the beginning, I'm a life learner. I love to learn new things. So as long as you're willing to learn new things and be open to um, changes, um, be adaptable, be flexible, those things can lead to greater opportunities as well in your career. I love that. Be your individual best. That's a really great way to put that to kind of exceed at what you can do. And you don't need to necessarily compare yourself to others, Um, especially when considering an industry change like that. You never know what's around the bend for somebody else and what could be your next opportunity. How does it say? I'm in I'm the quote mode tonight. (laughs) Comparison is the thief of joy. And so I think that's such a great point too. like, yeah, be your authentic self and don't worry about comparing yourself to others. Great point. Yeah. Well, Cynthia, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I know we had a lot of back and forth to get you on here. So this has been amazing and really appreciate your time and your wisdom um, and sharing your joy with us. Thanks for listening to Business Edge. If you have questions, comments, or topic suggestions for us, email businessedge at akci.org.